How many of you here this morning would say that you have an ear for music, that you can tell when something sounds good? You can raise your hand if you think that that's the case. Then, okay, I maybe need to clarify. I don't mean to open up the debate this morning about the different genres and styles of music, but more I'm talking about just the the well-understood truth and fact in the musical world that some notes sound good together. And, and it's important that notes be in tune with one another. And so are you a person who can tell if a singer or an instrumentalist is out of tune? Do you, or are you maybe tone deaf? You can raise your hand too if you're tone deaf. You want to claim that one this morning. You can do that too, right? But in order to help with my illustration, I asked some of our wonderfully talented musicians here at Divine Savior Church. I asked them to help me out this morning. And so I'm going to ask Kristen in a second, I'm going to ask her to play a note on the piano. And I want you to really listen to that note, get that note in your ears, know what it sounds like, and hang on to it. Okay, go ahead, Kristen. Can you play a note for us? All right, there's the note. Maybe play it one more time. So they all Okay. All right. So there's your note. You got that in your ears. And now I'm going to ask Elizabeth and Jake on their instruments to play the same exact notes. I want you to hear. So uh, did you hear it? Could you hear that? Was there harmony there? Were they in tune with one another? Or was there what we call dissonance, which is not being in tune, not being in harmony with one another? And so what I'm going to ask them to do is I'm going to ask Jake and Elizabeth now to tune their instruments. And so they're going to continue to do that. I'm just going to keep talking over them as they're doing that. But as they tune their instruments, what you're going to hear, you're going to hear them start to make different adjustments to their instruments. They're going to tighten their strings. Just those little minor adjustments to get their instruments in tune. I'm going to keep working at it. And the more they make those adjustments, those nice slight adjustments, keep making their instruments in tune with one another, finally we're going to get to a point where that sound, it's going to sound a lot better and your ears, they won't hurt so much. And it'll sound really, really nice because they're going to get in harmony and in tune. And when there's that great harmony and instruments are in tune with one another, that brings about a full, clear, and beautiful sound. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate that. So Now you could hear that sound, that harmony. Everything working together well and in tune with one another. Is that something that you desire for your life? Would you like for in your life everything to be in tune and in harmony? Dear friends, there is a beautiful, full, majestic, magnificent symphony of love and grace that God has composed for you. 
is the love and the grace that God has composed for you in the plan of his rescue and redemption through Jesus Christ, the very Son of God who came to this world and every single step of his life, it was perfectly tuned to God and his will. It was in perfect harmony with the will of God. And that very Son of God, he took all of our dissonance all of our sinful actions and behaviors, and he took them to the cross, and there on the cross, he died for them to to forgive them, to wipe them out of your life. He rose again from the dead to assure you that you will enjoy that, that harmony, that wonderful symphony of God's grace for all eternity. And this magnificent composition, this symphony of God's grace that has been scored for you on every single page of the Bible, every single note in exactly the right place. So here's the very personal question for you this morning. Are you in tune or out of tune with God? Are you in tune or out of tune with God? The gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, that glorious, majestic symphony that God has composed for you. Are you in tune with it? Is there harmony there or is there some dissonance? Because every single thought of your life Every single step, every single word that you speak, everything that's on your heart, everything that's in your mind is like a note struck on the piano or strummed on the strings. And so as you think about your life and and as you think about over the background of this glorious, magnificent symphony of God's grace, as you hear the, the notes and the melodies of your life, would there be harmony there? Are you continually working to to make the adjustments and to tune yourself to God and His will? Or is there dissonance there? That harmony and that tuning was something that Paul addressed with the Christians in the city of Corinth. I want you to look with me at verse 15, where Paul there says, What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Okay, Paul does a little name-calling here. Belial is a Hebrew word. It means worthlessness or wickedness. And right here, it's a very derogatory term for Satan. But what Paul wants to make clear to us is that there can be no harmony, absolutely none, between Christ and the wickedness, the worthlessness of Satan. There can be no harmony between the things of Christ and the things of Satan. There can be no harmony between the people of Christ and the wicked, worthless work of Satan. Because the the music of the message of Christ Jesus, our Savior, it is completely different than the music of of Satan. And no, I don't mean rock or heavy metal or hip hop or rap or anything else that has ever been called the devil's music. What I mean is that Satan and his work, 
It is wicked. It is worthlessness. And it finds no harmony with the message of Christ Jesus. There can be no harmony there with that beautiful, glorious message of Christ. And yet Satan, he would love to, to corrupt that. He would love to disrupt the harmony that's there. He would, he would love to speak his lies into our hearts. He sings a ballad of lies. And there's dissonance there. And whether it's subtle or it's deep, there's dissonance there with God's truth and grace. But you want that harmony, right? You want that harmony between you and God. The, the word that's used there for harmony, the Greek word, it's symphonesis. Symphony. Why don't you imagine hundreds and hundreds of musical instruments and, and they're all tuned together, all playing together, working in unison and harmony for this glorious, magnificent song. But what does any symphony do? Whether it's they're playing at Carnegie Hall or it's the local high school down the street, what does any symphony do before they perform, before they practice? They do exactly what our instrumentalists did, right? They tune their instruments. They bring themselves in tune and in harmony so that there is no dissonance. But Paul had to address the dissonance that was among those Christians in Corinth, and he spoke very frankly and openly to them. That's what he says. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. This is verse 11. We have opened wide our hearts to you. As God's faithful and inspired servant, the Apostle Paul here, he, he spoke very openly, very frankly with them. He spoke truth. And some of the truth that Paul and his companions spoke, it, it was that big, bold, beautiful truth of the gospel message, forgiveness in Christ Jesus. But some truth is hard. Right? Some truth stings. Some truth calls people to repentance, and Paul and his companions, they needed to speak that truth as well. Because the Corinthians, they had opened their hearts to things that were not true. They had opened their hearts to messages of this world and not the message of God's grace and truth. But Paul makes clear that whenever he and his companions spoke, whether it was those beautiful, glorious truths of forgiveness or it was the hard truth that the Corinthians needed to hear, every single word that they spoke, it came from a heart that was wide and broad, filled with love. God's Word speaks truth to you. It speaks the, the truth of God's big, bold, beautiful love that He has for you. The love that is yours in the forgiveness of sins. But sometimes God's Word speaks hard truth. Sometimes the truth that God's Word speaks to you, it, it stings and it calls you to repentance. It calls you to, to retune your life to God's grace and truth. When God's Word speaks that hard truth to you, when, when you abandon God's plan for human sexuality in favor of your own, or when you want to live arrogantly on the basis of your own merits rather than on Christ's, or when your heart is filled 
with hatred for another human being, or when the hatred that fills your heart is the the self-loathing, self-deflating hatred that denies that you are God's own handiwork. And all such things, they have no part with Christ. They do not speak in harmony with the truth of God's Word. And so God's Word speaks that truth boldly and clearly to you. Scripture shares that truth so that you will not be bound up in the lies of Satan. So that you will not eventually lead down that path that leads to a defiant rejection of God and His grace. And so when God's truth rings out clearly from His Word, you you have a choice. You can step forth in faith and tune yourself once again to the truth and grace of God's Word, or you can continue to live in that dissonance. You can continue to live where there is not harmony. You can close off your heart from God, which is what the Corinthians had did. Paul wrote, we are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. The Corinthians had closed their hearts, yes, to Paul, but even more than that, they had closed their hearts to God and His grace. And so Paul tells them, open wide your hearts. He said, I speak to you as my children. Open wide your hearts to us also. Tune yourselves once again to God's love and grace. Dear friends, open wide your hearts. This appeal is made to you and to me because this temptation is real for you and me as well. Satan seeks to infect our hearts and our lives with his his lies. He seeks to get us to, to close off our hearts, to have it open halfway to God and His grace and truth and, and halfway to what the world says. But there can be no harmony there. Open wide your hearts to God and His grace. Open them wide. Make them broad so that God can fill them with the grace and truth that is ours in Christ Jesus. And that grace and truth in Christ Jesus can push out of our hearts everything that causes dissonance, everything that takes away that harmony and leads us to be out of tune with God's grace. Open wide your hearts. You see, God calls us to be all in with Him Because He was all in for us. He calls us to to open wide our hearts so we can celebrate the amazing grace that He has shown to us. So that we can be surrounded and immersed in this glorious symphony. And the reason that we want to be immersed and surrounded, that we want to be tuned to the symphony of God is because the music of His promises is so grand. And you hear those promises. Paul points to those promises of God. The promises that say to you, you are the temple of the living God. That God has chosen to dwell in your hearts, to fill your hearts with His grace, 
open that heart wide to Him and His presence. His redeeming love that covers over all of your sin and guilt. Here's the glorious promise, another glorious promise to which God calls you to tune your life when He says, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Even though our lives have been so dissonant, so agonizingly out of tune with God's, God is not ashamed to call you one of His own. He is not ashamed to live and to dwell with you. He is not ashamed to be your God. His great love and compassion moved Him to send His own Son to wash you clean. He says, you are my very own people. That holy, perfect, just God of all creation, He desires to dwell with you. He desires to be the one and the only one to whom you turn for safety and security and hope, and He can deliver. God desires to be with you. To uphold you. To encourage you when you feel empty to strengthen and support you when when you feel like you're going to just crumble under the stress of this world. He doesn't separate Himself from you, but He calls you out. He calls you to separate from the world so that He can draw you into Himself. God draws us out to draw us in. To draw us into His loving arms and the arms of Christ He calls us out to draw us into those arms that stretched out far and wide on that cross as He gave His own life for us. He calls us out to to draw us in into those own hands of Christ, those hands that were held, pierced by the iron, held to the tree for our forgiveness. He calls us into that embrace of Christ so that we can see that that mark, that scar on the sky side of Christ's body that reminds us that He paid the ultimate price to redeem and rescue us. And you can just imagine, right, the, the symphony of God's grace and, and that love story of God as it comes to its epic climax as Jesus hangs on the cross and then the bells toll for the God who died for us. But then a few measures later, The trumpets sound out in triumph as Jesus rose again from the dead and assures us that all of these promises of God, they are true. That God wants to draw us out, to to draw us in and receive us into His amazing love because of the grace of Christ. It is to you that He says these words, I will be a father to you. And it is these wonderful promises of God that motivate us to commit our lives to Him. Through the faith that He has already worked in our hearts to commit to the God who loves and cares for us so much. Today you're going to hear words of commitment. You're going to hear promises that are made. Promises are, that are made because these very promises here, they are promises that are given to our confirmant, 
There are promises that are given to the new members that we're going to joyfully celebrate as they welcome into our church family. And so as you listen, you're going to hear a young lady make her promise, her commitment, because she knows that she is a redeemed child of God. You're going to hear her make that commitment to tune her life to God's amazing symphony of grace. And then you're going to hear the promises of men and women who together with us are going to join together with us so that we can all tune our lives together to the symphony of God's grace. And you're going to remember the promises that you've made, whether publicly before a congregation or maybe privately to your own God, those promises because you see the promises of God and you commit to also tune your life to his grace. And when we commit, when, when we make those promises, the joy that we have, it's not because of our promises. Well, the joy that we have is because of the promises of God. Those promises of God that we heard earlier today, they never fail. Our promises may, but God's promises never fail. Our joy is in that glorious, fully tuned symphony of the gospel. One that we desire to resonate just fully and deeply within our hearts. And when you hear that music, the music of God's incredible grace, you will know without a doubt that that is truly a beautiful sound. Amen.